0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello and welcome to Live and Learn. Terapuri, located in Trunganu, is no ordinary resort. The name Tarapuri translates to the land of palaces, and the resort is known for its unique and authentic Malay architectural heritage. In this interview, Sharak Kuten speaks to Alex Lee, the passionate founder of Tarapuri, about preserving heritage, the challenging cultural perspectives in Trunganu and his future projects.
1: Alex, thank you so much for joining me. I, I want to begin with uh, the fact that Terrapuri is a quite a, uh, a solid story. It was told, I think it's now... What? Over ten, or oh, close to ten years, is it? Twelve years. Twelve years. Up. That's yeah. right. So uh, a restoration project uh, that also has kind of a business model to yeah. it. The question is where now, right? And I was very interested to pick up on the fact that you started a conversation about the cultural resources of Trungano, mm-hmm. uh in its built heritage, and uh, through you know uh, sheer hard work and I think a determination, you pull together this uh, extraordinary space of what twenty nine houses. Or yes. Palaces uh, that you've now found a place to uh, a home for uh, on the banks of the river. Where for you is mm-hmm. the next stage for the kind of cultural project
2: for Trungano in particular? Thanks, Shara. Actually, when we're talking about Trungano, East Coast, Kalantan, Trungano, Pahang, it's a Malay heartland, and uh, the most important things that I'm, you know, as uh, Anak Terengganu that grew out here, the culture, the heritage and the arts, I uh, think is very important, but it's slowly dying off. Um, I'm, because of Bombing in Terengganu, my passion in uh, our culture, our heritage all. So that's why I, for me, I, I want to keep it, to make sure that, you know, this won't be disappeared. So that, that is one of the reasons why I started out Terrapuri. And uh, because of this is a passion, so to you know I have to turn it into um, how to monetize it. At least we can sustain it. It's kind of like tough, but uh, I think for tourism, you need to build a content. Uh, without content, probably we don't have tourists to come or they will just come one day. So, but with more content that we have, so they, they will stay longer. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I wanted to ask you though. You know, you talk about the pressures. What is it that is forcing the disappearance of both the built the built, arch, the built uh, heritage, the architecture of the place, as well as the other kind of material culture that we find in Trugano? What, what where's the threat coming from?
2: Probably we we, we uh, For us, maybe for the local. The wooden house is for them maybe old and ugly, so they are more interested into a modern houses, uh, modern developments, and then uh, the same with uh, interior with the gardens. Or for them probably they want some they will prefer like you know English garden, balinese or Japanese. You know the it, same with the house also the the interior of the house maybe English. So uh, slowly. They, that's why they, they will throw away all this uh, you know, heritage stuff, all this our uniqueness. So that's why it's disappeared slowly and slowly. And this was happening in the 70s and the, until the 90s, was it? Yeah, it started with the 70s, the 90s. And another problem is uh, we have uh, enemies, Buddhist, Hindu influence in earlier on and then later Islamic. So uh, and this part of the world when you know politics change, all those things when um, we we see slowly, you know, like like those days along the uh, the beach, you will see all the boat, colorful boat with uh, house, um and then the character like shadow plays or decorate decorate in the in the boat, in the fishing boat, but you won't see anymore now. Uh, same with uh, a dance. Right, so this is a, because of changing cultural sentiments about what
1: can be shown on your board, what you want to decorate it with?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because uh, we're we losing in the 70s, in the 80s, you see have beautiful Terengganu if you're travelling along the coastline. 244 kilometre colourful bowl with uh, decorative uh, bangao, you know, wayang kulit figure, all those things. So that is uh, very unique to you know, travellers. And it disappears slowly That's why For me I I take this effort To collect all these things And then turn into A special Special resort It's a museum So it's a content of tourism Because if you see In Malaysia So we got a problem That we don't have A heritage sites Like what you have In Thailand Sukhothai in Thailand Angkor Wat in Cambodia Borobudu in Indonesia But we don't have But in fact We have our Traditional Let's say My project Is a 100 to 200 years old heritage house or palaces. So, but we cannot do in situ. So, so that's why what we did, we dismantled it and then place it in one area. Uh, but inspired from the old kingdom like and Sukha. So we put back in the old way, in the old style. Right. So if I understand you
1: correctly, this is a private effort. Mm-hmm. A private individual like yourself... Uh, with the passion and the resources to uh, recover the, the, these materials and and, to, and, now, and store them, I understand, for quite a long yeah. time before you found a home yeah. for them. But what about government? What about uh, universities here in Trangano? Did they see the value? Or did they too, part of this, drift away from valuing that past?
2: Uh, we see the understanding of our culture is not deep enough that's why uh, probably in the university or in in Kelantan you have UMK that focus in cultural heritage all those things so but uh, the thing is uh, a bit shallow you don't go deep enough so then we we can see slowly the the culture you know without without soul so that that is a problem that that we facing because uh, like in Malaysia tak kenal maka tak cinta so you have to know uh, the culture first You have to understand first Your own culture And then, then you can you know, Explain Then you can really preserve Or you know, love your culture So that is a challenge That we're facing So it slowly disappears uh, We see the importance Of culture here That we can leverage And it can turn around Our economy And uh, it can be Community-based tourism uh, you know, Community-based culture tourism uh, Like how success story In Ubu in Bali and Phuket, probably in Thailand, so we can do that. We because Terengganu also known as the cradle of Malay civilization, and up north in Kelantan, the cradle of Malay culture. So this is importance that how we, the state or you know the country, leverage from this and then to promote and then to to make it, you know, to bring it to the next level.
1: Right. So before we get to a conversation about uh, tourism, uh, you already kind of mentioned that, in fact, in many ways, one of the dangers is that you can also turn all these objects and these cultures into a museum piece. And then they're dead. They're just objects in in a case, right? Um, But one of the things I understand keeps culture alive is that it's part of your daily practice that we see that in Bali, right? People still live their culture, they live their art. Is that true here? Is there still a class of artisans? I mean, in reports about your hotels, they talk about these houses that have no nails; they're all pegs and and joints. On that level, how do you um, how is that heritage kept? The artisanal knowledge uh, uh, preserved.
2: Well, um, we have lots of artisans in Tringano. Moving Shepherd mentioned about in, in the year 1962, there's about a you know, few thousand, three thousand Songkhet weaver in Tringganu those days. So they, they are very good artisan. But uh, recently, we got getting less and less because of demand. Uh, we have a lot of good carpenters to build the house those days. Also, a lot of uh, tukang to a boat builder. So they build a traditional boat but they are getting less and less because of no demand. Uh, nobody wants to build a wooden house anymore. The wooden house is getting more uh, costly. Uh, with uh, Chenga wood, is cost like more than probably 15,000 a ton. So that is a challenge. So um, that's why we're, when we're doing uh, our restoration project, so we're buying the old uniques, we, uh, we bring back like for terrapuri cases, we managed to train three groups of the carpenter, the tukang, the artisan. So uh, now we have this few group of them uh, actively building houses, traditional houses all over the country. So which is you know I very proud of them.
1: Uh, but yeah. How do you, pay, do you can you pay them equivalent to what they might get if they go for a so called modern job?
2: Yeah, in fact, they will get more. They will get better. Uh, salary compared with the modern job because uh, this uh, technology is old technology you don't use nail uh, you use uh, wood pad which is a uh, pasa and tangam tanganda pasa. So this is technology uh, in the house also in the boat builder So this is very important but probably how we have to, to you know, to make more local to love this architecture and when you have the demand so you can train more carpenter. The same like a boat builder in, yeah, we are very famous with boat building, traditional boat, traditional yas at Pulau Duyong. But now they are dying. So
1: right, right, so all of the resources I understand are things like, as you mentioned, songket, uh, bate is another thing that often comes up: wood carving yes. is the other, and then boat building, all of the three that you mentioned. Uh, are we missing anything? Is, are there other traditional re- resources uh, that haven't been um, thought of as potential for um, sort of to, to take uh, Trungan to the next stage?
2: Yeah, we have, we have lots. We have like uh, basket waving, uh, lakar, they, they call it uh, in, in the area. We have, in the old days, we have silver, but dying. We have uh, brass. So it's also dying uh, arts. So this is uh, the, the challenge that we're facing because maybe no demand. And uh, with modern technology, uh, you, can, you can buy cheaper things from China. So this is all the challenge. But um, I think we have to really work out, probably work with artisan, work with interior designer to come up with why not uh, we have uh, you know, Terengganu style, Terengganu gardens, Terengganu interior. So with that thing, we can promote our, our our craft, so to use as a as an interior design, so probably we, we can call it as a Malaysia garden too, or Malaysia you know interior Malaysia style. So I think that that's the thing when we have to go to the next level and we really have to work with uh, the you know the, the good artists and with the local artisans. so maybe we have very nice basket, so why not turn this basket into you know the the, the lamb or whatever. So that, that is the things that I think we sh- we should go uh, to the next level.
1: Okay, I'm speaking to Alex Lee, he's the founder of Terra Puri, and we'll be back with more. Stay tuned to BFM eighty nine point nine. BFM eighty nine point nine. I'm Shroud Cotton, and welcome back. Uh, I'm speaking to Alex Lee of Terra Puri Fame. Uh, we were talking about. Sort of traditional arts, Alex, and, um, and I can see you know, the, the attraction of, of these objects. But how the, the, the question of the next stage is not uh, simply one of commercialization, isn't it? It's also about uh, changing tastes and aesthetics. And I wonder where there is uh, interface between the traditional arts and these resources we've been talking about and contemporary design. Because if you're talking about demand, it is in making things contemporary that you are potentially going to get the demand. Uh, but we recently had a discussion um, you know, around the Balasani Nagara's program here in Kuala Chunganu uh, where batik was shown in public and there was some interesting conversations that came out of that. How do you see this, the potential to take the traditional into a contemporary direction? What are the challenges?
2: Okay, if, if we take Batek, we have very unique Batek, uh, long history. It, it started in the early 90s in Terengganu and Kelantan. Of course, influenced from Jawa or it started from wooden block, cooper block and also chanting, all those things. Uh, but because of handmade, because of handicraft, that's why it's costly. And uh, nowadays, a lot of locals are buying machine print uh, with textile. Yeah, but uh, with the Batek design. Uh, when uh, they sell it in the market it's it's very cheap you can sell probably like for sure probably about 30 ringgit for one shirt compared with batik it may cost about 150 to 300 ringgit per batik shirt so that is a challenge but I think we should um, we should go for both we should we should keep uh, the traditional way uh, artisan so how they paint batik they can sell high they do more better or masterpiece but in the same time, we should promote this contemporary batik. Probably our motif, for instance, like Terengganu, we should have our motif. We have a lot of motif, our traditional motif, but no one promote. Probably it's time for state government or the Tangan to promote our motif. What's re- what's
1: stopping them? What has stopped them? Uh,
2: probably uh, they don't really you know go and brand that motif. Like you see, when you are talking about parang, you will straight know Indonesia. Mega mendong, oh, you know from Cheribyong from in Jawa. So, uh, but ternanu bate or kelantan bate, you some sort of like you don't you do know what is Tunganu style or whatever. So it's a time to bring this traditional motif to bring forward to promote this. Then. Uh, is, I think for me, I don't mind to have contemporary design or machine print. So which is you sell at a very cheaper level, so everybody can wear. And another one, you got artisan to do it. Yeah, probably become batik tulis like what Indonesia did in Jawa. So you can sell a masterpiece. So you, you need these two, If not, like Pasar Payang, for instance, like songket they send out songket from India, songket from Bangladesh. They sell very cheap. So the locker will buy with song cat, they will get this song cat. So we have we have to go uh, very balanced and we have to promote this contemporary. Not only in terms of uh, yeah, contemporary, but probably traditional design. But contemporary, maybe a new design. So you need, you need new motif of uh, probably flora design also of, of tranganu So I think that is uh, important. We have to really push this forward to be able for us to sell batik and then to brand batik as, you know, Malaysia product, Terengganu product. At the moment, Is there a
1: distinction for you between Terengganu product and Malaysian products?
2: Yeah, Terengganu, you have Terengganu uniqueness, of course. Uh, yeah, you can uh, represent Malaysia, but you have uniqueness from Terengganu. You have Kelantan as well. So we have, we need, we need to, you know, we, we need to protect our design or we need to brand our design. So probably... Uh, Beside international tourists, local, Malaysian also cannot. When they come to Terengganu, okay, this is Terengganu batik, this is Terengganu design. At the moment, even our people from Terengganu or Malaysian, when you wear batik, they don't know this is Malaysian batik. Most of them are wearing Indonesia batik. So that is a big problem. How do we lose that knowledge, Alex? That's right. Uh, probably Indonesia, they start from school, education, about their culture, about their arts, about their craft. So we had to go back to the root, like uh, in a Malay a puisi say, tumbuh berpuncak, puncak penuh rahsia, tumbuh tidak menejak kawan, memanjat tidak memaok lawan, tetapi belingka penuh mesra. Tumbuh berpuncak meanings that you grow with the source. So we had to go back to our source, our root, to find you know, our design, our motif, that is our, you know, our civilization. I do want to ask you this because
1: um, you you're Pradakan Chinese from yes. Tungano, and you already signal that in fact, in older forms there's a level of hybridity, uh, the animist traditions, the uh, motifs, uh, Buddhist, Buddhist motifs and Hindu motifs make it into Malay culture right yeah. so is there a celebration of that hybridity? Is there a sense that, it, that Malay what is Malay in Chunganu is, in fact uh, uh, a product of all these other uh, streams of culture, Chinese uh, from the subcontinent of India and so on. Is that a, something that people now would want to celebrate the hybridity or do they want to go for something like a pure like a purist view of
2: culture? Um, well. Yeah, we, we got a problem when uh, lots of our culture when sometimes relate to religion, especially you know Hindu Buddhists. So that is a challenge that we're facing. <laughs> so uh, we have uh, unique things like Mak Yong. It's listed in the UNESCO, but you can't perform Mak Yong now. Uh, we have mind Putri, which is a healing uh, uh, you know, process that I was uh, in pursuit two, two, two days ago. They still practice it to cure, you know. When uh, hospital cannot cure, because this is a, a part of their tradition. Kelantan and Tunganu in Besu in the north part, so they still. But slowly, uh, this form of culture slowly disappear. But uh, I think for me, I don't mind uh, you because as uh, you know, a lot of our friends are Muslim, or you can take out the religious part. But I think the art parts. For instance, like the house, Malay house, traditional house, the house with the geber. So, geber is a makara. It's a vehicle of God. She lived in Ganga. But now, you know, they take out the makara. You won't see the makara anymore, the form of makara. But you see, seeing the outlines of makara. You can't erase the history. So, you can see, the beautiful architecture, they can go from Hindu Buddhist into Islamic. So, it's so beautiful. So, this is the things that We need our, you know, encourage our people, actually in Terengganu, which is, uh, you know, heartland Malay, 98% of Malay population here, Muslim. So they need to understand all this to be able to, how they can transform. Then you still maintain your culture, you still maintain your art and heritage.
1: Can I ask you, though, about so sort of the minority cultures in, in Tringano, say, the Chinese community? Is the Chinese community equally interested in, as you might are, for example, interested in that tradition? Or are they too similarly discarding
2: the past and moving forward? I think it's the same. They also slowly, you know, everyone go moderns, everyone wants digitals, games and slowly through. That's why it probably is our role, how to uh, promote this uh, form of arts, this form of culture. Actually, like for me, as a Pranakan Terengganu, so I need to promote this. So through storytelling, uh, probably through uh, TikTok, uh, maybe YouTube or whatever. So we have to, to tell the good story, like our Pranakan, we know as Lang, which is in Hokkien, where the people that wear sarong. so which is assimilated into the Malay culture. Terengganu Malay, they speak uh, Hokkien and they speak Terengganu dialect. So this thing that we want to promote. And to be able to get younger generation to interest into that, we have to turn into, you know, monetize it, or we have to turn into a bit contemporary. So then we can slowly get to promote them. So I started uh, pushing this uh, Terengganu Pranakan things into 2013. 2014, we have uh, Terengganu Peranakan Festival, so we do it in, in Kampung China, in Chinatown, and uh, very lucky, uh, we managed to have uh, Tuanku Sutang of Terengganu to officiate that, that festival. So uh, from there, so we promote first thing the Terengganu Peranakan cuisine, so you got special food which is different from Malacca, different from Penang or Singapore, and we have uh, Peranakan architecture where the house they stay or oh, and the living, so how the lifestyle of Pranakan, And also their attire, so where they wear botonko uh, uh, sarong, peleka, and so on. And celebra- celebration that they celebrate. We may assimilate into Malay culture, we may eat with hand, we eat uh, budu, fish sauce, or, But uh, we celebrate Chinese festivals like New Year, Uh, Mooncake Festival and so on.
1: Okay, I want to ask you this because we've talked a bit about architecture and, I mean, you've sort of restored and preserved so much of this beautiful architecture. When you talk about the city itself and some of the decisions that have been made about the city, I wonder, though, where that aesthetic has gone because, and not my words, but somebody... uh, recently told me that um, he thinks Kuala Tungano is going through a process of uglification and he talked about the drawbridge and he talked about the malls and they, they seem like spaceships that have landed in Kuala Tungano. What's your understanding of uh, urban design, um, uh, city design and preservation, especially the built structures within the, the city, the central part of the city? Where's that going
2: in Trungano? That is a problem when the architects maybe do they don't understand our culture. But these or are not the architect. Tranganu
1: architects, and they maybe from they here?
2: are Tranganu architects, but they don't understand their own culture. Or maybe they are Malaysian architects they don't understand. Or same with the town planner or so that's why we end up like, you know, destroy all our heritage and we're building, like you say is the spaceship. So that is a challenge. So we have to really work together with town planner, with the state government. We have to keep pushing, telling the story. Uh, you know, everyone has to push all this agenda.
1: Are they then, receptive? Are the people in power receptive?
2: For I think, yeah, probably about 10% that can understand. The rest, 90%, they don't understand because they don't love the culture and heritage. For them, they want to see modern. They want they want to see Tanganu like Miami or somewhere else. So they they want they dis, they will destroy all this thing. So at the end we will you know build a city like you know half past six. So that is a problem. So Terengganu, we, we we can transform into a very beautiful city with our identity.
1: What chance do you think there is for that? Because we're talking about the money that comes from state, and the state has a lot of money. Um there's also the private sector uh the individuals like you in civil society I mean you kind of business one foot in business but also in um in, in cultural activism as it were uh, are you hopeful that uh Trungana could be exemplary for the rest of the nation when we think about uh culture not just in terms of what we put in museums but what we actually live and our, that our cities could reflect that
2: Yeah I- that's why we have to really work together closely with the state governments. Yeah, with the with ESCO the member, probably a new elected government very soon. So we have to work very closely and then we have to tell the story. We have to get the state officer, the state ESCO, to understand what is Tranganu culture all about, what is Tranganu design all about. Uh, if not, they will turn out to be a Roja. Then, you don't have tourists anymore to come. So that is uh, you know very critical. So we, we have to really push them. I think uh, so far we work quite well with the state government. So we involve the state and the state also pushing the idea with the community-based tourism. And then um, same with the nature also, we, we managed to get... Two state park into 2018, which is a wetland and Kenya State Park, and coming soon we pull out Bidong and Tango Island to be a state park also. So we had to really pushing we, and uh, I think the whole uh, the whole groups of uh, you know Tengganu resident probably had to really push up to make sure Tengganu it turned out to be you know proper design, um, what we want you see with our you know uniqueness our heritage Tengganu style.
1: Okay, last question. Uh, to, to make that argument, to make it persuasive, is the question of commercialization at the centre of that argument that you make to the power brokers? Will, do they understand anything ap- apart from this will bring in money?
2: Yeah, I think that is a challenge, but we slowly educate the state so they can bring money. Same like nature, where we have you know offset carbon offsets. Now they can see we can we can make money from, from you know without cutting the, down the timber. The same with the culture. So we we, need, we really need to you know we need get local to involve to celebrate their own culture, and then when everybody starts making money, so we can monetize the whole culture, the whole uh, heritage, arts. I think it's very easy. So the government will really support and like you said, we have very good money. Every year we have 1.0 oh, billion ringgit from petrol royalty. So I think we can make uh, Terengganu to the next level, which is, uh, you know, uh, full Terengganu is not just modern, but uh, modern blend with our really you know rich of our heritage.
1: Is, can too much money be... Um... In fact, a nuisance. Could could you have too much money? Could it actually in some ways uh,
2: distort your view of the world? You mean too much money for
1: Yeah, because you know when you have a lot of money, you can build big things.
2: Yeah, that that is a challenge uh, for, for us as a, you know as an operator, as a fighter for you know our heritage, culture and art. But we, we have to really, you know, tell the story to to everyone. Not only to the uh, local, not only to the tourists, but to the state officer, to the state ESCO or uh, which is important. But I think slowly, they will understand. Uh, why? Because this is their own route. So you have to go back to the rule.
1: You have a, a new project coming up. Could you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, uh, my new project, also another restoration project. Uh, also, uh, we don't got any grant at the moment uh, Yeah, for all our project, so it's very uh, self-funded run. It's quite tough, but uh, I'm going to do a project where we call it Terra Malay. Malay as Malaya, so the meaning is uh, the, the, the land of Malaya architecture. So we're going to have all houses from all over Malaysia. At the moment, we have six units out, so we have house from Negeri Milan. Early next month, we're going to launch one house first, Negeri Milan House, and then we will have a house from Kedah, from Perak, from Johor, Terengganu, and Kelantan, and the rest of uh, state of Malaysia. Plus we have five unit of old palaces that go. We going to bring it back. Uh, we will name it as uh, Istana Putri, uh, inspired from old Istana from Kelantan in the old days. So we're going to to be to make, to make uh, to make it happen. But hopefully in this uh, one or two years time, uh, depend on. Our financial because uh, this project is my patient. Um, how we how fast we can monetize it? But we start soft opening soon, so then we will open one by one. And when the guests go there and stay, besides staying, it's nice. You are, it's by the beach with the sea view, and the guests also can understand because our carpenter will have worked on other house, so they can probably learn also about. Uh, uniqueness of uh, Malay architecture You know why you build a house without near, um what is the meaning of flora carving and so on Alright, thank you so much Alex Thank you
0: That was Sherat Kutten speaking to Alex Lee, founder of Terapuri. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. This has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9